All right, Nick, it's six o'clock and I think we have a majority of our members. Sounds good. Yeah, we got quorum plus a cat. So that's good. Let's get on it then. Um, let's see, start with introductions. So uh, I'll just start because I'm currently talking. My name is Nick Kuzmiak and I am the chair of the pedestrian plan steering committee. Um, I'm here in my capacity to represent the Multimodal Transportation Commission. Uh, going in order for I see, Jessica, you're next. Uh, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager for the MPO. Josh? Josh Spence, uh, Pinckney Neighborhood Association Vice President, and then also just recently, Lawrence Association of ne uh, Neighborhoods Representative Vice Chair. Thanks, Josh. And uh, when you speak next time, if, if it's possible, I don't know where the microphone is, but if you can move closer to it, that would help. It's, it's a little bit quiet. I want to make sure that, that I hear you. Oh, is it like up in the air? <laughs> okay. Uh, Dot, you're next. Hi, I'm Dot Neary, and I'm representing the Healthy Built Environment Work Group of Live Well Douglas County. Althea? Althea Schnocki, uh, the member at large. David? Uh, David Carter, representing the Metro uh, Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Planning Commission. Gregory? Gregory Crow, representing a multimodal commission. Ari, if you're still there. Okay. We'll go on to uh, Cecily. This is Cecily Cochran. I'm with Federal Highway Kansas. Mr. Joining and Lance. And we can always come back to you later if we have an audio issues. No worries. Just, uh, I guess, uh, shoot us a message if anybody is having audio or video, or video issues. I want to make sure that we're all able to uh, participate if that's the problem. So. Lance here, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Very good. Okay, we'll go from there. Cool. <laughs> all right. Uh, in that case, we're going to move on to agenda item B, which is the meeting notes. Um, um, can I, may I do rules first? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Okay. We're getting too into the swing of Zooms. You're just ready to go. Yeah, I uh, right past number one onto number two. Sorry about that. Okay. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I have some rules for this evening. Good evening and welcome to the January 20th MPO Lawrence Pedestrian Plan Steering Committee. I'm here tonight with MPO intern Aria Leva um, in the office and we'll work side along and chair Nick Kuzmiak, who's on a remote video to facilitate the meeting proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and will be posted on the City of Lawrence YouTube channel within 48 hours. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled and all chats will go directly to Ari and I as hosts of today. Today's meeting. Um, if you need to do, uh, say anything, we can redistribute information back out to the group. Please turn your video on if you're when you're participating in tonight's meeting, if at all possible. And the MPO reserves the right to mute or turn individual videos on or off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please state your name and title, if appropriate, each time for the benefit of those participating remotely. Public comment will be collected as part of this meeting at the discretion of the chair and based on timing. Individuals wishing to provide comment via Zoom should raise their hand function to indicate they wish to speak. And if called upon, state your name and you'll have three minutes to provide comment. Now I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair. 
Sounds good. Thank you, Jessica. Nick Kuzmiak, Chair, Pedestrian Plan Steering Committee. It's going to get clunky soon. Uh, our next item of, of business is at least to review the meeting notes. It doesn't appear that we have to um, actually approve them. And there's so much time in be between meetings, I always forget what we have to do exactly. So um, first of all, has everybody had a chance to read the minutes? Do you agree with them? Do you have any requested revisions, clarifications? In that case, since it doesn't appear that we need to actually have a motion, can I just get a general thumbs up if we're good? All right. Uh, Gregory, I'm assuming that was just an enthusiastic thumbs up. Okay. And not a raising hand. Sounds good. All right. Um, Jessica, I believe it's on to you for the um, big reveal of the presentation here. All right. I didn't have anything super crazy to reveal. So what I would like to ask you is how you would, many of you have had an opportunity to review one or two times which draft um, we'd sent out, the first draft or the draft with revisions to you to provide us comments as we've been able to amend those. I saw there's some new ones in there tonight, most of which um, I had had a chance to respond to, um, not maybe some of the new ones today, um, but most of them I felt like um, were all the re reasonable and enough like some language translation and, and interpretation stuff that we can adapt a little bit on our end um, just to tweak a little bit. But is there anything high level you want to talk about? Otherwise, we can scroll through any of the recommendations or do you want to have for the, those of you that had some in-depth in look, is there something in particular you want to draw attention to or talk about this evening? Excuse me, Chair. So I'm going to start it off because um, it sounds like it's pretty open-ended. So I'm going to curious to see where this is going to go. Um, so unfortunately, I I uh, actually thought it was going to be in Mexico today. So I hadn't originally planned on being at this meeting. So I was like, I'll get to the draft eventually. And I finally got through it last night and the night um, before. So I think most of you had already commented on it. And so I was I saw the uh, second draft, which was pretty good looking. So I personally think like most of what we've talked about. The big things, the small things, I think they all made it in. As, as, as far as I can tell, it's pretty complete. Um, I mean, there's always going to be the wish that it had more teeth because a lot of the stuff in here is kind of progressive and also um, will really affect how the built environment looks. But at least I think it's going to be a great guiding document that we can point to in the future for things like development or the updated land development code uh, and say, look, the pedestrian plan says what we want. And here's the exact clause that supports my position. So I feel like as that kind of support document is going to be particularly helpful. So I'm really excited to see it go forward. And, um, and you know, thanks to MPO and whoever worked on it. I'm assuming it's all of you, at least at some point, for dragging this thing together. It looks great. Um, I want to make sure anybody else has any specific comments or general ones or questions. David? Uh, David Carter, Planning Commission. Um, I had, a, I sadly only got around to reviewing it today. Um, and so mine are definitely among the latest ones. Uh, for the most part, I was super pleased with the content. Um, I was especially paying close attention, of course, to the land use and uh, pedestrian planning uh, and, and very, very pleased. Um, almost all of my comments are around formatting, mostly text formatting, just a few syntax issues. Um, and then there was, I made a couple of comments. I am a cartographer. And so I made a, a couple of stylistic uh, recommendations around the, I think it was uh, the, the count of sidewalks or the ratio of sidewalks to road length uh, per uh, census block group or something like that. And I just made a recommendation to shift the, the, um, the color ramps since it made the, um, the areas with the densest uh, sidewalk concentration look like there was a problem. 
uh, and uh, but uh, it I was like you, Nick. I was I was uh, very very pleased. I also like to say from a uh, app standpoint, I thought it was a very clever choice to use purple dots for the uh, streetlights. <laughs> that's what they are a lot of the times now. So very very on point. Um, I also thought that there were some particularly bold assertions in there that I'm I'm excited to see and not too surprised, but I believe this is the first time that we've seen some of these in city documentation, which is really cool. So something like a recommendation to remove parking minimums, sorry, off street parking minimums or possibly institute parking maximums. That's pretty bold. It's pretty progressive. Not a lot of cities in the Midwest have done that for their entire city. A lot haven't even really talked about it yet because it's parking scary for a lot of folks. It's a very controversial topic. So. Um, I'm really glad that this document's kind of the spearhead to begin a conversation like that. Um, or even something like decriminalizing jaywalking. That, that's an item that we've talked about in MMTC a couple of times. And um, it's probably a conversation that's long overdue, like 100 years overdue. So it's nice to see that, um, kind of see the light of day finally. So uh, did anybody else have any other kind of specific comments that they wanted to bring up? Josh, I think I see you raising your finger. Like, yeah, overall, I felt the general language and the context of the the different documents and different drafts that were put uh, that were shown. Overall, including the most recent one, was pretty complete, and a lot of the language, especially on some of the stuff like the disability and some of the other areas, I felt was pretty good. Personally, I felt that as a whole. I feel this. Uh, I think the city is moving in a very, very good direction with it. So, just to spur some kind of more specific comments, I think I'm going to call on a couple of you who represent, um, you know, specific organizations, and kind of see if we can tease out and um, get some more specific feedback, and make sure that we capture things that are relevant to the organizations that we represent. So, uh, I guess. Josh, I'll start with you because you're right next to me on the pretty bunch of you here. Um, do you think that that covering things like neighborhoods um, was done to your satisfaction, and I guess more importantly, to how you perceive lands satisfaction of being? Uh, yes. So far, I do feel that it's been pretty consistent. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, Dodd, did you have any comments regarding the built environment? I thought you made a few comments. Yeah, there, there. Um, well, first, yeah, first I wanted to say, I think this represents a lot of work and I appreciate the staff who pulled it together. Um, I was pleased that, um, I, I think it represents, I think it makes improvements. And again, I think, as you said, it's something we can refer to, to build on. Um, I would love to see us move from a silver to a gold community in terms of walkability. But overall, um, I, I read it, pretty, to be honest, I think I read it just after the holidays and I can't remember a lot of details at this point. I should have reviewed it before tonight. But I think, it, I think it's comprehensive. And I think um, as far as the built environment mentions the loop, it mentions um, timing of crosswalks and things. I think, I think it's good. And I, I look forward to um, using it to refer to in the future. Um, let's see here. I'm just trying to get my bearings here. Um, David, in, in terms of planning commission stuff, I 
I forget, is planning commission slated to review and approve this or is it just coming by MMTC and then the city commission? To my knowledge, not the planning commission. It's only going to come around the land use development code. Okay. I wonder if there's a way that we can- Can I make that? a point of information for that? So huh. traditionally the planning commission weighs in when we update our long range transportation plan in that process. And so all of our mode specific plans that are like the pedestrian plan or the bikeway plan roll into the update like to T2040, which would be T2050. And then that becomes codified as the chapter in plan 2040. So it's a chain of events that increasingly as we get into the next process, which after we finish this pedestrian plan process, we're getting ready to update transportation 2050. And that brings additional teeth to the document as it becomes part of plan 2040, because it becomes transportation the pedestrian plan becomes part of transportation 2050, which becomes the transportation chapter for plan 2040 as we go through those approval processes. Thanks for the uh, clarification, Jessica. Yeah. Although I do think David is Nick's asking you that question to reflect on some of the conversation we left about in the or that we've documented in the plan about vision for one side versus two side, particularly in relationship to retrofits gives the planning commission some additional context to have discussions about vision that there are going to have to be some conversations that get dove into more deeply on a political and on that, you know, that planning context level to make decisions based on some of the facts and just reality that we've presented in the plan. So do you think there's enough supporting information there? I mean, I think there will still always be case specifics and some of that context, but um, how, do you think we've helped advance that? Yeah, um, David Carter, Planning Commission. I think um, the write-up around uh, different scenarios for policy and how many years it would take to build out the uh, the missing sidewalks, um, it, it did a good job of documenting the rationale behind the existing city policy. I also thought it was um, really thoughtful that um, you expressed the point of view that some people think that sidewalks should be, are a public good and should be just considered part of the general infrastructure. So I thought, um, I mean, what I what I appreciated about, I mean, and not just about the um, the land use part, uh, but. Or, or the areas that intersect with the, the planning commission, but the, the, the text overall was that it reflected a lot of the conversations we had in the planning commission around plan 2040. That is, it's an aspirational document. It states what we ought to be striving toward, but tends to stay away from really specific mandates or really specific recommendations. And um, I thought that was, it, 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 it's more of a vision document in that respect, but it's an extremely well-documented vision document. So I think I, I hope I answered your question, even though I answered something that wasn't part of your question. Jessica Martin, your transportation plan manager. I think you did. I think that's part of the challenge we have as staff and being in the MPO role is we're trying to reflect the community conversation, both through the voices on this steering committee and also the community conversation at large on some of these issues in kind of a more comprehensive list of what does it take to make progress on this? And then these are going to need to impact other plans and be incorporated into other larger scale, like 
Transportation 2050 or Plan 2040, as we get into thinking about what does that mean as the city wants to develop work plans out of these plans when they adopt them, or if they want to look at how are they, how are they making decisions related to capital improvement planning um, as they invest in this type of infrastructure and programming. Um, and so we hope that this document can give more comprehensive guidance than the previous plan for sure, um, recognizing we may not have got it all, right? Like we did some research, we've documented things, we do these things and then, you know, in five years, we're looking at thinking this plan will likely be updated again. And so like on our cycle for plans. So this has a, a plethora of work that we can do in five years to advance some of these issues. Yeah. I'm, if I may, uh, David Carter, Planning Commission, there was one thing that I thought was really nicely laid out. And I know we've talked about it in previous meetings around um, uh, other pedestrian facilities beyond besides sidewalks. Um, that's something that's not reflected at all in city policy, as far as I know. And so that's the kind of thing that, you know, we could potentially amend the um, sidewalk um, the regulations uh, with, with alternatives. And I think especially areas like North Lawrence, where, you know, just given the pace of development, it seems like maybe not 100 years, but 500 years before we get around to building sidewalks everywhere, uh, you know, um, suggesting um, um, that these kinds of alternatives be provided along with road work would be a really good thing. Hey, Kuzmiak, Chair. Um, I wanted to bring up the idea of transit because we have two, uh, almost two and a half, if you count my former involvement on here who are part of PTAC. Um, I noticed that there is quite a bit done in, in terms of integrating the ideas of you know, everybody's a pedestrian at some point, so good pedestrian infrastructure, transportation, uh, good transit infrastructure as well. Um, do you feel that that was incorporated to your satisfaction? Was there anything you wish you'd seen? Anything that you were surprised at? Gregory Crusoe, AMTC. One of the, the comments or the things that I wanted to understand more is the conversations that we were having over the summer and the planning for the um, expansion of the transit system within downtown Lawrence. And we're talking about parking minimums and you know <clears throat> parking maximums. And those are good conversations on the, on the pedestrian side and transit side, but there seemed to be um, ample enough public pushback to not have that happen. And so at what point do these suggestions become part of city uh, or, um, I guess, county code or zoning code, as opposed to um, future, what we look towards in the future, right? And how do we implement, how do we make these implement as developers start to do projects? Uh, when you start to get pushed back, it becomes a zoning code issue. And therefore, it's the direction the city wants to go. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, there, I believe it's in my personal experience, I think it's a a good direction to go in, but I don't think the uh, the whole, Lawrence as a whole feels the same at some point. Jessica Martinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I think Nick kind of summarized that well early in the beginning, saying like this doesn't this isn't necessarily the document with teeth, right? This is the process that we identify some of these issues, and I think you're right. There has to be an evolution um, as we get through this process and hopefully adopt an updated pedestrian plan that this 
can reflect on the conversation that's going to begin this year on updating the land development code. Um, I think there will be a lot of opportunity in those requirements to make changes that impact the pedestrian environment. Um, and that will be a start. But I do think there is a continued evolution, right? This cyclical process where you do the plan, then you have a strategic, you know, you incorporate it in the long range plan, you do the strategic plan, then you get into some of the implementation. I mean, at the same time, there's area and neighborhood plans beginning this year that haven't really been part of um, the city county planning office work plan in almost probably a decade-ish um, since I've been here. And um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity that we're going to have to have these conversations in greater detail as some of those processes evolve. Um, I'm not sure there's, as far as our perspective, there's much else we can write in that regard that will yield to any of those changes. So if you think differently, I'd be interested to hear that. Well, it's not, sorry, uh, Gregory Critchell, no, no, MMTC. Uh, it's not, you know, presenting it in a different manner. It's um, understanding the, the, the complete public impact or input on that, right? Uh, because again, we could, you could re-evaluate the document at a later date, and if it's still the same pushback, at some point it has to be implemented in a, um, a matter to where it's code. Uh, so this pushback, be, you know, because a lot of times you will get this pushback, it becomes implemented and people start to see, or the public starts to see it becoming reality. And then the, the public opinion changes. It just, it kind of has to happen uh, before that opinion changes. It's all speculative at this point. We always see what's right in front of us as opposed to vision in the future. Kuzmiak, Chair. So I think I see where you're going at. Um, and this reminds me kind of of Plan 2040, which I don't know how familiar you are with that one, but there's all this talk about neighborhoods that got to be walkable. I mean, one, neighborhood scale retail and neighborhood schools and all this stuff. And eventually that's going to have to start meaning something. Right now, it was relatively easy for the city to pass that because other than the community benefit, which uh, set off all sorts of alarms, it was, it was pretty uncontroversial. Like, yeah, of course it should be walkable. Why not, right? But the where was going to hit the road um, in like two months once we start doing the land development code rewrite. So I, I think for plan 2040, that's where it gets important really quick. I feel like T2050 is a little different, right? Or are we on T2030 right now? I don't know what the current document is. Is it is this still 40? Okay. So if we're on T2040, I think it should be probably more incumbent on MMTC to start taking on those things because it's not like we necessarily have a land development code to rewrite, right? But what we do have is the ability to influence policies and sometimes even direct staff to draft those like with the e-scooter policy or potentially coming up the jaywalk decriminalization. So um, I think it's one of those, maybe there's not one size fits all for each issue that is potentially controversial. And, and, and I know it's not a great answer, but I think it's also, um, I think it also to me says that where there is potential pushback, there is some legal way in some citizen commission that it's gonna go through at some point. So when I see stuff like parking minimums, David, you guys are definitely going to see that at some point. I mean, that will come up in the land development code. Somebody's going to be talking about that. When we're talking about decriminalizing jaywalking, 
we don't necessarily have a consultant who's doing a land development recovery right for us. So I'm trying to think of how that might come up. But I, I know, you know, speaking from personal experience, I, I've kind of tried to push on more policy initiatives that we could do as MMTC. So perhaps it's maybe incumbent on all of us who represent these various organizations to see what do we now have some ammo for that we can kind of push a little bit harder on, on stuff that, that, that we've wanted to in the past that hasn't been possible because there's been no justification for it. I mean, even something as simple like, um, geez, I'm trying to think of it, like street classifications, right? That was brought up in the uh, draft document. And that's not something that's really been up for debate before, but now that it's written down, maybe it is, right? Um, so I, I do think that it's gonna be really tough once we start having to actually have these conversations with the public about things like parking minimums and putting a transit center downtown, you know, for real. Um, it's gonna be tough, but you know, it, it, at least this is a start, right? I mean, the next steps are tricky and I think we're gonna have to be vigilant as we remain involved to make sure that these don't just kind of end up lost in the drawer like apparently the community design standards did. <laughs> I've never seen that before, honestly. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, I, Greg, I think your concern is extremely valid and I think it's kind of a call to action for all of us to make sure that this isn't just a great draft, but is a, is a, a document that we constantly look back on and uh, can lean on heavily. So I think once it's in plan 2040 as T2050, then um, I'm not saying it'll have teeth, teeth, but at least it will have been through enough, I guess, uh, uh, vetting boards that there will be enough kind of general agreement that these are things that we do want as, as a city. So I don't know, not a great answer, just very thought provoking plan of thinking on your part. So anyway, let's see. Uh, uh, Gregory Critchlow, um, MMTC. And I, and I, you know, I, I speak to this as seeing it precedent in other regions to where, uh, specifically parking, right? And specifically to where we had pushback this summer, uh, a lot of the retail on Lawrence or on Main Street was concerned about parking. But I've seen other precedent to where that pushback happens uh, and then there is an implemented understanding of, okay, we're gonna make this happen anyway. And now that same pushback is uh, reversing course because now they see that business has increased because of the walkability of the storefront, right? People linger longer. They not, they, you know, since they maybe have to park on the edge, they're more purposed about what they're doing or maybe they want to take a little bit longer. But it just took the understanding of actually taking action for uh, to make that understanding happen. It, it is, like you said, um, it is very tough. It is, it is a challenge, but hopefully we'll uh, get up to it uh, in the near future. Does anybody else have input on this particular discussion? I feel like this is a useful line, so I want to make sure I hear from everybody on this. Uh, Josh Smith, Vice Chair, uh, do we have any, uh, Jessica, do we have anyone that's in here for the uh, for public comment? No, everybody on here is, is either yeah. a son or on the committee. Right. Yeah, I, I was actually going to ask for public comment earlier, and then I realized everybody here is, you know, supposed to be here anyway, so... <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, Jessica, the, the format I've been kind of pursuing so, so far is trying to pick up on 
themes that are relevant to our, our groups and trying to solicit feedback. I feel like it's worked so far, but I, I want to stop and ask process check. See, is that exactly what you were going to do in terms of walking through the plan? Am I just duplicating what you were planning on doing? And if so, yeah. should we switch over to that? Yeah, Jessica Martinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I think that's sufficient. I think, you know, you kind of have reflected. I think we have just a little bit more work to do to adapt some of the language um, based on the comments that we heard um, from you all. And the and then I, that's kind of what I was looking for in one. Are we, are we relatively in that range? Um, my thought would be, if we feel like that's the case, we finalize what we know we want to make edits. We do have some more formatting stuff. You probably noticed that. Um, for those of you that don't know, Ashley Breyers isn't here this evening because she um, took another opportunity and doesn't work for us anymore. And so um, we're down to a single full-time staff member and our intern, Ari. And so we have some work to do still, um, and it will take us maybe a little bit longer than it would have had we been full staffed. So we're going to work on that um, and get some, get some of those things done before we would feel like we want to post it for our 30-day public comment period. And so we would do that. And then I feel like it's probably appropriate at that point um, to make sure that we would have an opportunity, if you would like it, to look at the comments we receive from that process and have one final look at the document to make a recommendation before we would uh, send it in, the, in our next steps. So that, that's kind of the process. I guess I kind of skipped to three, but I still have item two I want to talk about, and I have some stuff to share with you. Sound good? For, are you ready for that? Excuse me, um, so I think that um, I feel like we had some momentum going on in this, so I, I feel like I'm not quite done probing various uh, sections, especially because I haven't heard from staff and other government officials just yet. Um, but I do want to, I guess I, to say that I definitely so, uh, su uh, support kind of coming back to this after the public comment period, especially because that, that, that hiatus would probably also allow all of our various boards that we represent to have a look at it and kind of have a deeper discussion. So, I mean, that could be an MMTC study session. That could be a healthy built environment session. Planning commission, I don't know, you guys are pretty booked, but ideally you can squeeze it in somewhere. So I think for all of us that there is hopefully a chance to, to talk about this with our with our designated groups. Um, so yeah, I, I think having a fifth meeting might be necessary. David? Yeah, uh, David Carter, Planning Commission. On that note, since you brought it up, we do have, I mean, back when we were meeting in person, we would have mid-month mid meetings where other, you know, uh, departments of, of uh, city government or county government would come and present to us on longer range things that didn't necessarily directly impact us in the short term. I think, um, um, Jessica, if you might talk to Becky Pepper about getting on our mid-month uh, schedule, even if it's not a short-term concern, this would be a great type of thing to present and just have in context. Yes, I will inquire about that. <laughs> so just to make sure that we don't, I guess, constrain MPO resources too much. By resources, I mean the two of you. <laughs> I'm a small team right now. Um, how, how can we best get that done? I mean, public comment is sort of kind of on autopilot for the most part, but if we were to say, have a discussion at PTAC, is that the kind of thing Gregory and Lance that you guys could lead um, like as an agenda item? Or is this something that you prefer to have Jessica or Ari help lead you through it? Yes, Nick, traditionally, you know, that's gonna, that would be something new. So not that that's different, but I would just say that's different than some of the precedent we've set before where oftentimes we've 
put these committees together to represent interests from those committees. And oftentimes we don't take drafts back to them. So we didn't plan for that in the process to have the process for the time to do the extra month of all those reviews. We can, um, again, recognize we are already behind schedule on T2050. Um, and that honestly is a federally required timeline to be approved by March 15th of 2023. And so I'm going to start to get really worried if we don't have started public comment and some engagement around some of those larger issues in March and April. And so while I don't want to cut conversation around this short, I also want to be really thoughtful about the reality for some of our timelines to do that um, just with one full-time staff member right now. Yeah, so I, I should probably clarify it. I didn't necessarily mean to extend the public comment period to make sure that all the, all the boards and commissions can have their say, just that it would be nice to use that public comment period as the time that we take back to our thing. And I guess the question is, are you comfortable with us just kind of bringing it up amongst ourselves? It, it sounds like that would be easier for everybody, but I just want to make sure that that's cool. Um, so. Yeah, sorry, I didn't understand that. Jessica Moringer, Transportation Planning Manager. I think that's fine. You know, as we put it out for that public comment period, it'll be out for 30 days, and hopefully that would cover a window of time when you are meeting, which would give you the opportunity to present however you want to your group the draft and, um, of course, have a conversation, but also hopefully encourage them to, to submit written comment if they have it in regard to the document. Okay, sounds good. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't... Um training resources even further. I think we're on the same page now. So that sounds good. Uh, let's get back to, I guess, making sure that I have covered the various corners of this document. I wanted to get input from some of the folks here who aren't necessarily citizen representatives, but staff and government reps. Uh, Dave, if you're around, I, I'd certainly be interested in your input on what you think about it. And if you're currently incapacitated, I can go on to somebody else, but you're first on my list. I am around. Um, what <clears throat> did you have some particular uh, areas that you wanted me to talk about? I've, I've reviewed it and provided Jessica a few comments a few weeks ago, but there's a lot there. So yeah, um, it was just a general question, <laughs> and I would say if you want to focus on something, is there anything that you think is in conflict with something that we currently do, and it's going to be kind of a heavy lift, or maybe more controversial than we're willing to fight off? So, for example, there was the idea of. Maybe we need to have more um, more flexibility, context sensitivity, and differentiation with street classifications. And that may be a question for KDOT and um, what is it FHWA as well, because I think that may be involved in street classification. So I'm I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on that suggestion. Well, um, you know, I'm, I know we talked about with the land use plan, having, you know, looking at our street standards in respect to different uh, classifications of streets, collector streets, arterial streets. Um, and, um, you know, I, I know that kind of study has been on pause. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in what we can do to make things more straightforward. Um, FHWA doesn't necessarily um, have any, you know, on some of the details of design, whether it's the street width or whatever, they don't, you know, probably don't have a whole lot of say other than for, you know, the, the highways that go through town. So um, I think it, 
you know, I think there's some things in here that gets at things that we need to be working on. Uh, brick sidewalk standards, the street design standards. So kind of outlay some things that we need to be working on. Uh, crossing, you know, crossing treatments that we've talked about with MMTC, having a policy on where and how and what to treatments to use for different crossings. So there's a big, you know, and I think this plan kind of points to that as a gap and we've, we know that and we're trying to make progress in that area. So um, I don't know if there's anything particular that I'm concerned about with what's in there that would restrict us or put us back any, but um, yeah, if there's something that, you know, you have in mind that we need to talk about or we need to talk about with the MMTC during the public uh, comment period, that would be a good time to, to, to do that, kind of look at this and maybe pick out some areas that, you know, particularly with the street design standards. Yeah, I think all that is pretty much what I was hoping to hear. So glad to hear that everything is sort of in, in line with where we are and where we're going. I know for the crosswalk standards in terms of prioritizing where they're going to be, what kind of markings they're going to have, that, that's exactly in line with what the scope is of the new consultant who's been signed on for that, right? So, or maybe it could even inform this, the scope as we go along. So it sounds like things are kind of flowing in the right direction. And I would say as far as specific things to discuss, I'll probably get back with you on that offline and maybe see if we can make an agenda item to have a more detailed discussion with them in, within MMTC. So sounds good. Um, from the state and federal side, Cecily, uh, Jenny, did you have a chance to uh, read this? And I'm, I'm kind of curious if you thought that this was sort of in line with where you see other cities going, or if there's anything that stood out to you. I can say that it is currently on par, sort of, with what we think with the new, um, the direction of the administration with regard to active transportation. Told, uh, I, I did add a, a bit of comment in a couple of the drafts that were sent over about how impressed I was with detail, especially um, the land use connection, adding in those environmental elements. I, since I'm new to Kansas, I can't really say uh, as a comparison to the other ones. At this point, Lawrence Douglas County is only in know that I have. Uh, looked at with regard to PED plan. Uh, so I don't know if it's on par with the other NPOs, but I do know I hold it right now as a top tier when I, when I get ready to look at the other ones. And I know that the state is um, in the process as well of developing their active transportation plan. And so I'm curious to see if there are some of the same elements that are currently in the north of this county that'll be at the states. But I can tell you right now, you guys are going in a great direction. I was very pleased at what this was submitted. Thanks. It's definitely good to hear. Um, Jenny, do you have any comments on that state statewide plan? Um, you mean like how how we're doing on it specifically, or comments on your plan? Like if we're going in the right direction. Okay. Oh, and I, I, I unfortunately wasn't able to review it prior to this meeting, and um, but the past materials I I have seen so far look right on par. Um, I have been trying to dig more into individual 
plans for communities, especially how it relates to like a, a statewide network and like connecting cities. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I'll definitely, when I do look at it, look at it in the lens of comparing, um, like or comparing contrasting to what is in the active trans the state plan, um, which we should be getting a second draft this week. It's delayed, unfortunately. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for okay. chiming in. Um, so I think, unless there are any other general comments, really, the last thing I wanted to cover is something that does come up through the pedestrian plan fairly often, and that is sort of equity issues. So things around, you know, poverty or disability or or race or anything. Um, that, that's mentioned a couple times. I want to make sure from anybody who, I guess, was paying attention to that and and felt any anyway, one way or another, do you feel like it was all written uh, appropriately? Like, um, like equity issues were integrated into where they needed to be? As someone that's, uh, that is disabled, I did feel a lot of the stuff that was presented in the, dra the most current uh, draft uh, did cover people with disabilities pretty well. And a lot of the issues that I was aware of and sta uh, city staff have been aware of, uh, I definitely felt like they were paying attention and definitely felt that it needed to be addressed. Thanks, Josh. Any other comments on that or? Uh, Dot Neri from uh, Healthy Built Environment. I thought I liked the way with um, when it mentioned jaywalking that it mentioned that some populations are more apt to be um, ticketed for that. So I think it was woven in pretty well. I have one very specific question um, regarding um, cars parked across sidewalks. It recommends contacting Lawrence Listens. Um, I use a wheelchair, so when I find cars block, if I'm going around the block for a walk. I, um, I called the police, the non-emergency number. What would happen if I contacted Lawrence Listens? I, I don't know. I just, usually they want to know the type of car, the license plate. And is Lawrence Listens that responsive that they would respond right away? Or I just wondered about that. Dave, you want to answer that? Yeah, and I don't know if I can answer how responsive they would be on a, on a, on a, the the police on an issue like that, they wouldn't be as responsive as calling the non-emergency number. Um, but yeah, we we generally get, respond. I think within a day or two on on the Lawrence Listen Listen's. Uh, well, my my experience is if I call the non-emergency number, they come. Depending on how busy they are, typically they come in ten minutes. And, and they want to know the, the license plate, the type of car. I mean, they really take it seriously. So I would tend not to contact Lawrence Listens. And I just wondered if that's good advice in the plan. It's not terribly important, but it just conflicts with my, my experience with that. Jessica Martin, your transportation planning manager. Dot, we can adjust that and have that conversation. I think also part sure. of the part of the context about some of that in terms of just staffing for police resources is some of those things. If people are parking in driveways, they probably live there, and so it's probably a repeated, frequent habit. And so even still, like if 
uh, police department wasn't able to come out, you know, in your experience, they have that if everybody reports it that way, is that going to be a different strain on uh, resources in the sense right. that is in the sense that um, you're right, Lawrence, listen, is probably only staffed Monday through Friday, eight to five, you know, mm-hmm. ish, and, and it's, um, I'm not sure who, if it's a different person responding to those. So we could follow up about that. But um, in terms of those conversations, you know, if somebody's in a driveway, they're most likely um, live there, not always, right? And then that gives opportunity to do some longer-term education whenever they have flexibility to do that. If I assume police is still the one responding, we would, Dave and I would need to follow up about that. Yeah, and I don't expect it, but I do report it. And I find that if I do, I don't usually see another car in the driveway in that house once the police come. (laughs) So, but I I also understand that that's not a priority when they've got other things to do. So anyway, it's not a huge point, but just wanted to ask about that. We can follow up. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Excuse me, Chair. Um, Any other questions? Any other general comments on this draft? Before we move on to agenda item, what is it called? C2. All right. Overall, once again, just want to say thanks to MPO and Jessica for really leading this effort, short staffed um, under a tight timeline. I, I, I feel like even if you had a lot of time, this is still a great job. So it's good. And um, let's move on to number two with uh, tracking progress and metrics and indicators. I posted in the chat a link to everyone, which is going to take you to the screen that I'm going to share now. Um, So if you would like to go there yourself, you may. If you would like to read my screen and give me comments verbally, you may also do that. Um, This is the same as our mural whiteboard share. So what I have put together for your consideration as we get to this part in the planning process is talking about how we're going to track Um, progress, sorry, I'm having navigation issues. Okay. How we're going to track progress of the work that we're doing. And so I wanted to present to you um, for community context as, as one bit of that, the existing performance indicators or performance measures in the strategic plan in transportation 2040 and in safe routes to schools that I felt pertained to Um, some of the pedestrian issues that we've talked about. And then I have a little list of things that I think we'll consider as um, I'd like to hear kind of what you think in terms about thinking about this plan, what type of data-driven information besides we did it or not or whatever would help us understand if we've made progress um, on walkability in our community. So I'll go through these pretty quick. And in some of them, there is a little bit of a data point. Some of them, I put a a question mark because I wasn't sure necessarily where all the information is from because I didn't put the data together. Um, And so uh, I guessed at a year on some of these um, because it wasn't clear from the data I was looking at. Um, So um, in the strategic plan, there are outcome areas. There are two outcome areas, strong and welcoming neighborhoods and connected city that have Um, measures related to um, pedestrian environment. One is, I felt like was percentage of residential units with the half mile of a walking and biking trail. And I'm not sure if that's just considered a bikeway or a shared use path. So that's why I would have to follow up here about if this is really the relevance of what we're looking at in this plan in terms of equity. 
Connectivity to healthy food providers by transit, bike routes, or sidewalks. I'm not sure where this number came from. Um, we can do it based on sidewalks and we have some projects that call out from that. And so in my perspective, when we get to this per, uh, completion of a priority network, as we presented it, will probably be a better indicator about how we're doing in regards to this and how many then households live within some percentage of that prior off that priority network. Um, and we can come up with some metric there. Okay, in the Connected City app, there's a future survey question planned to be asked about resident satisfaction with different modes of transportation. This is not a current question in the survey, and so that's a future planned question, which means that um, it doesn't have existing data, but it might be a metric to understand how, what, how people are experiencing their environment and what's their satisfaction with it. Um, the percent of sidewalks and shared use path in compliance with ADA and deflection minimum standards. Um, I believe an estimate has been put in here based on some of the LIDAR data uh, collection that's been uh, done so far. I would assume that's where that's from. Um, and then a percentage of trips not taken in an automobile driven alone. So this is speaking a little bit to the walking culture and about trip making. So some of the land use components of what we call for. Um, and then there's a miles of trail. So that's in the strategic plan. Whether or not those need to evolve in the future, that might be a future conversation too. In transportation 2040, the measures um, from the previous long range plan are percentage of public streets with sidewalks on at least one side, um, so that's counting all streets. That's where we're at. You can see from 2017 to 2020 what progress is being made. You saw from the plan that this may not be, um, you know, we looked at that 150 years on all on one side based on current funding levels, assuming no crossing and no maintenance and no design. So we're still a far ways out from this in terms of getting to 100 if that's not the goal. Um, and so when we think about that, maybe in the future, this is about priority network, trying to complete the arterials and collectors and access the ones we've defined for access and safer and safe routes. That just may be something to think about. Um, and the other one in the long range plan that uh, deals with active transportation and safety is the number of non-motorized fatalities and serious injuries on all public roads. Um, and in this case, non-motorized, this is a federally prescribed performance measure. So the, the language of it seems probably very technical and that's because it is, it's set uh, by the feds. But um, an average of those from reported Kansas motor vehicle crash reporting, you can see the, a five-year rolling average based on the injuries, the serious injuries and fatalities, um, and what that, has, uh, what that has yielded in that five-year rolling average. Um, you can see that here represented in this red line. Um, the blue, the blue um, is the actual numbers, um, and the projection is the purple based on um, where we anticipate um, future years to be. Um, and then you can see where we've kind of set a target because federally required measures require a target. And so um, this is part of something that will be required in the next plan. Um, and I think uh, tells us a story and allows us to compare ourselves across the nation to all other MPOs because they're all required to use this same metric to rate their uh, region since it's federally prescriptive. Um, in regards to safe routes to school, um, th these are in the safe routes to school plan currently. And of course, some of this, um, is 
possible to change based on other ongoing community conversations. And so currently um, in there, there's the goal and measure around student travel tallies to school and the desire we're at currently from the 2019 data um, of self-indicated students, 17.8% percent of students reported walking or biking to school and the goal of 20% by 2023, which aligns with the community health plan. Um, whether or not that's achievable based on changing boundaries and distances is probably another conversation we'll have to have at a future, a future point. Um, and then based on the safe routes to school network for elementary schools that is planned, um, there is currently completed sidewalk along um, those on one side. I think it's both sides of Collector and Archer on one side of local streets on 85% of those um, segments and the goal was 95 by 2025. Um, and then the percent of completed sidewalk along safe routes for middle schools was currently 80%. Um, and so this is a lot bigger network because obviously those boundaries were currently um, larger. And then the goal would be that was 92% by uh, 2025. So those are the kind of the current measures that I think were data tracking that has been identified um, in other mode specific plans. So this is the part of the plan we haven't really said yet, hey, here's how we're gonna track this in terms of um, implementation and understanding how we're doing. But I wanted to share that with you. And here's some other stuff I'm thinking uh, about as we write this based on the context of what we have written uh, that, of things that possibly could evolve some of these other measures, right? We could, when we write T2050, we, if we have other measures in this pedestrian plan, we would incorporate them into that, into that plan. And that might be relevant um, to other bodies like Multimodal Transportation Commission or um, you know, ADA transition planning or public transit advisory committee in the future. So the other things I had um, brainstormed was sidewalk ratio um, for transportation disadvantaged block groups versus citywide. Um, I don't know how many of you had the opportunity to look through the technical, the appendices of our draft. Ooh, my text, but the idea that if we're really talking about equity and advancing that, is that a, a measure we want to track in terms of um, elevating some of the implementation of sidewalk gaps within those transportation disadvantaged block groups? And what does that look like for us to tell that story if, if we're making progress there? Um, the percent completion of the priority network. So we talked about, you know, a long-term, our long-term vision might be one side versus two side versus, you know, whatever that is, we can track, you know, we tracked in the ped, in the previous T2040, one side of the street, but would it be a better story to tell? We realize, you know, our priority is these gaps. What's the percent completion of the pedestrian priority network, which would in, could be separately or together identified as the arterials, the collectors, safe routes to school or access to transit parks and food. Sorry, obviously can't spell when I'm typing quickly or the entire network. And then um, there's the ADA one uh, considers uh, ADA over here on strategic plan talked about the shared use path and sidewalks, but thinking about ramps and is that a, is that a measure? And maybe that one belongs in the ADA transition plan in terms of tracking and progress, but it was something um, that we kind of just put together as other maybe data points that would measure. Is there something anyone can think of that would be cool to, track or know, or that you think would help us tell a story about how we're doing? Excuse me, I can share. So thanks for running through that. I, uh, I'm realizing I, I've seen all these, all these metrics before, and I needed to refresh myself as we were talking to make sure that I understood them all so I could kind of keep up. Um, I think what you've highlighted is a really 
great start and definitely gets the, by far the majority of what I would assume has to do with our directive here. I'm going to open it up to others first if they had any burning metrics here that they think are missing or, you know, could be created from scratch even. Gregory? Gregory with MMTC. You have uh, some of the data and metrics for uh, individual automobile use. Um, is it is there the potential to understand the uh, shared transit use, uh, you know, the percentage of who's being able to, or who is using shared transit. So if the, um, if data shows that people are using their private automobile less, does that mean that uh, the, there's an uptick in public transit use? Excuse me, Chair. So um, as I was looking through, I found that exact metric. I believe that's PM25 and T2040. Just a lot of alphanumeric soup there, but it's um, percentage of single occupancy vehicles. So I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but I, I think that's how the metric is often gathered. Yes, so, there, the census data gives by mode, so it could just be us presenting that data in a different way. Okay. I think is what you're suggesting. Instead of saying, just not draw, because I think right now we present it like who didn't drive alone, but we could present it like as a pie to say, what's the pie look like? How does everybody reporting trip making? I think we have that too, actually. I think PM26 is that. Okay. Scroll down an extra page. It's percentage of mode choice, and it's broken down by each incorporated area and the unincorporated part of the county. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's done really one way in the strategic plan and a different way in T2040. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What about improvements in bus stops, like benches and, and shelters and things? Would that be something to track to make it more? Pleasant to use the bus system. Let's see, there may actually be that here. <laughs> um, I, based on how many metrics are in T twenty forty, it's nuts. We don't. Yeah, just more under transportation planning manager. We don't have. We have that data. We didn't include it as a performance measure in T twenty forty. Um, spoiler to that, their work, transit is working on a separate amenities um, plan and programmatic approach to evaluating stuff. So I, um, I added it to the list here, but I think it probably will, since we're just calling for programmatic stuff, I think it will belong in there. Um, and I don't present any of that data in the plan that I think it probably will belong in their report and process. But we'll have that conversation with transit. Doc. Uh, Lance Fair, I would um, be interested in how the conditions of sidewalks, um, particularly uh, as we are repairing sidewalks, old brick sidewalks, and um, the the safety and compliance with ADA measures and safety and sustainability of sidewalks as they're repaired. I'm curious how that would be measured in here and, and tracked going forward. Yeah, thanks Lance. Jessica Martin for Transportation Planning Manager. It is a performance metric in the strategic plan. Um, the Connected City number five performance measure says that in 2021, they reported 20% of sidewalks and shared use paths are in compliance with the ADA and deflection minimum standards. So it's my understanding that that 
um, metric comes out of uh, what they have done when they've collected um, LIDAR data when they drove all the streets to collect data um, and some of that work. And I think additional work will um, belong um, as part of the municipal services and operations process in their plan for 2023 to update the ADA transition plan for the public right away. Who's MAC chair? I have a suggestion to include uh, under the strategic plan under prosperity and geez, what is it? Prosperity and economic security. Um, PES 10 is the percent of development that is infill. That doesn't sound super related, but I think what I'd be really curious to see is as we continue to see improvement on other pedestrian related metrics, if you would see a corresponding increase in percent of development that's infill. Because I feel like a lot of us who have kind of an urbanist bent think and are hoping that the more you do infill development and mixed use and you know fine-grained built environment ideally the more walking you'll have right i hope that's true um, but it'd be really interesting to check if that's actually true so um that's just from my opinion here Yeah. So just the more inter-transportation planning manager. I think we might note some of those measures if they belong in the strategic plan. We probably won't report them separately in this document. Um, so don't be surprised if you don't see them because those um, some of that falls outside of our responsibility. And so if they're reporting them, then we, we will let them continue to do that other departments. <laughs> sure. Uh, I guess now would be a good time to make sure that I'm, I have clarification on what you're seeking here. Are, are we trying to basically add some of these metrics as an appendix and say like, hey, if you want to see if this pedestrian plan is working, check out the metrics in these documents and you'll get an idea of if we're living up to our promises here. Yeah, Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. Yeah, I think it's not to duplicate any of these measures that we're currently already looking at, but um, note that they exist in other plans that tr that lead to indicate how we're making progress on this plan. But then also to say these other these other things that we would think from this plan might also tell us this are not being tracked somewhere else, and we would ex we would suggest establishing a baseline for these and including them. I mean, we basically, we would put them on our own list to be considered for 2050, but they would be just like safe routes to school, something as we go through that process and update um, those performance, we would anticipate the measures from the safe routes to school plan will get incorporated into the new 2050 as our list of measures grows. And maybe we filter it down then based on what's the most regionally significant because we can't have maybe a hundred measures, um, but start to think about that as other data becomes available. Like the idea of this sidewalk ratio for transportation disadvantaged block groups that didn't exist before the pedestrian plan. We created that context so we could create a baseline to tell that story. And so that's, I guess, where I'm kind of thinking about, you know, in terms of some of the stuff we have, does stuff already exist that's telling us how we're doing? Or do we need to go back as part of the transportation 2050 process, particularly, and make sure that if there's stuff identified in here that's not already in there, that would better tell the story how we can make sure that gets incorporated. Okay. It's, basically, it's basically our staff work list, but it also documents it in the plan. So it holds us accountable to, to moving forward with um, some tracking of performance rather than, I think some of the goals, you know, 
some of these things are, it's a work list for projects or programs or future policy stuff, which is a little bit like, did we do it? Yes or no, right? Like if you think about the existing conditions report at the beginning where um, we had put together to say, how did we do since the last plans, right? That some of that is just go back and evaluate the plan. Did you do it or not? But some of this is how have you made progress over time and telling that quantifiably. And so it's thinking about those things. Thanks for the clarification. I think I'm almost there. So okay. I guess in my mind, I think it'd be cool as a citizen who's data driven, who's reading this, I think it'd be neat to have an appendix that, that lists all of these metrics that we've already talked about that already do explain it, that you don't want to make redundant and say, if you're interested in checking in, in places where we're already collecting pedestrian related data, I suggest you look at these metrics and, and see what you think. We're not going to reprint them here because here's a link, right? But then include just, just a couple of kind of choice metrics like you're soliciting at this rate to you know, anywhere where we may have a gap in telling that story, this is where they're gonna show up. Do I understand that correct then? Yes, although I would just put that as a page in the text, but yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that's not too much more work. I feel like at this point it's a couple of links, you know, but- um, Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. Okay, um, in that case, I do have a suggestion for a okay. kind of an oddly specific one. So there was a note in there about decriminalizing jaywalking um i'd be curious to see what what that even takes as like how that takes form right is it going to be like marijuana enforcement where the state has one way of looking at it but the city has said it's going to be a one dollar fine um like are local law enforcement people going to view it differently than the state might so i'd be curious if there's some way to track like number of persons cited for jaywalking crimes or misdemeanors or whatever um you know or, or do you think it's 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 not no, really i think it's like oh i don't think it's used very much here um jessica okay. morton your transportation planning manager i'm pretty sure we asked and it was i i'm gonna have to go follow up with some email if we didn't include it and amend it in the text i it was something that ashley had sent before she left and i recall we asked the question in municipal court to act, to figure out about jaywalking um or, I mean, if we could track- I'm not know, sure, if, yeah, I'm not sure if it belongs, yeah, I'm not sure if does it go in that section just to talk about that, you know what I mean? Or is it, yeah, let me think about that. I, think I get where you're going. To see if there's maybe a, you know, this is probably getting a little too too nitty gritty, but like a racial breakdown over the years of jaywalking prosecutions. If we have that data, I have no yeah. clue. Yeah, we can ask, we can ask. Okay. Like, and and no I would assume right. any policy work on that is going to need to dive into some of that information, like the data related to that before they begin to have that conversation. Hey, uh, Lance Fay here with the Public Transit Advisory Committee. Hey, before I have to leave you this evening, um, is there anything in particular uh, that you want me to share with ETAC in the next meeting? I mean, I have some basic ideas of the progress that's being made and it's, and it, and it's relevance to what's going on. But if, if there's anything that anyone in particular would like me to share, would you please tell me? Should I go, Jessica, or shall I? I can. Okay. Um, Lance, I think, um, I guess anything directly related to transit would be nice to bring up maybe as a commission item or um, there's a way that 
I don't know if you can really force people to do homework or anything, right? So um, I don't think there's too much here in transit that it couldn't be, be done kind of on the spot as an agenda item. So I would suggest maybe reaching out to Adam and see how he thinks it could be approached because I have a feeling he's interested in this as well. So um, yeah, there's a way you can slide it into an agenda just to talk about it and see what people think that would be, I think, useful to us. Uh, would just add just a more inter transportation planning manager Lance besides the transit conversation around amenities and um, placemaking around transit the other thing that may be relevant for uh, PTAC members to just take a gander at is the new projects that have been identified for access to transit food and parks in terms of looking at how that supports uh, what we call in the plan the uh, the primary network um, in the sense that do does PTAC members feel if we're making um, directed investments um, along that priority network, do those support transit? Is there anything missing? Or is that um, a good first start to get us going until we get another five years down the road? Sounds great, thanks. And I'll review further and uh report as such and if, if anybody has anything in particular or questions or concerns please contact me thank you thanks thank you Kuzmiak, chair i had another one that i'm i think i could do some help in formulating so during the survey and all the tabling and uh public engagement that y'all did i think one of the of the questions among why don't you walk more was um, perceptions of reality of personal safety and security. There's a couple of those uh, related metrics in um, the safe and secure part of the strategic plan that don't relate in general to pedestrians, but could if we could find a way to tweak them a little bit. So, you know, for example, SAS1, percent of residents who perceive Lawrence as safe or very safe, crimes per thousand residents, um, variants of satisfaction with perceptions of safety by race, gender, education, and income. I feel like those are kind of circumstantial, but if there was a way that you could show maybe, you know, crimes on pedestrians, you know, year by year, are they going down? Are they going up? Are we doing a good job of making sure people on foot are safe? I don't know how, if there's any data for that. Yeah, I don't know, Jessica Moore, Inter-Transportation Planning Manager. I don't know of any tracked data source that would like within the police reports, these crashes, the serious injuries and fatalities, the serious injury has a defined definition about what they mean by that. Um, but these are all from Kansas Motor Vehicle Accident Reports, which we know may, uh, which we anticipate based on expectation are likely underreported, right? Because they require the involvement of a motor vehicle. So if a scooter or a motor, you know, electric scooter or a bike hits a pedestrian on a sidewalk, that's not necessarily reflected even regardless of what the condition could be here. Or if a bicyclist gets in a crash by themselves, um, that's not necessarily reflected here because it didn't um, involve a motor vehicle and that's the standard um, for this reporting. So we know that. Um, I don't know, we've had this conversation before primarily in relation to bikes, but I'm not sure that there is anything. When we've asked LPD before, there isn't standard language. So it's not something they can really search in their 
thing. A lot of this is like incidental. People didn't report stuff, but close calls. You know, that's how we've heard people. When we heard people talk about safety, we heard people a lot talk about, I almost always close call, get hit. You know, I, I, you know, uh, as they think about it or I did, but it's, it wasn't reported, you know what I mean? Like shake it off. Um, so I don't know, I don't know how we would do that. Jenny, it looks like you have something to say. Lance, hey, yeah. Hey, uh, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, that's that's something that I think is great for future research because I, uh, I, I realize there's not a really good way to organize and report that right now. And that might be something to, to, to think about a separate research category for. Uh, give that some thought. Hi, um, Jenny Kramer, KDOT. And that discussion just made me think about kind of how, how we, and I apologize, I'm taking this on my phone but um, how we think about or, or how like fatalities or usually fatalities are portrayed in the media, um, the blame, the victim blaming and um, how like some education to the media and even the, the law enforcement um, maybe may measuring over time how, how, that, um, how that language changes um, so that we're not saying, you know, this pedestrian was was hit by a vehicle, you know, they were hit by the driver in this, you know, the GMC, um, whatnot. And even, in, yeah, in police reports, which I review fairly regularly, just to try to figure out what's happening in, in the, on the street. Um, it, it is often, I mean, the, the media picks up what's in the police report, right? So like that would have to also kind of be impacted but I have seen really great examples or maybe one or two great, good example um, in communities where um, they were very thorough and they talked more about the street characteristics and, um, it, and, and it didn't, it wasn't automatically blaming the, the pedestrian. So that's something to think about, like that's related. Thanks, Jenny. I didn't really think about that. And I'd be curious to see how that could be tracked. Um, I should probably clarify that I guess what, when I was talking about personal safety and security, I was, I'm coming from a standpoint of this is by far the smallest city I've ever lived in. So Philly, Houston, DC, significantly more dangerous than Lawrence's. And a lot of people don't walk there despite it being incredibly walkable because it is dangerous in some parts. I mean, I got mugged my second year in Philly and I'm an able-bodied white guy. So like, it's, it's not, it's not easy in some cities to walk around just because it's rough. So I wonder if there's a way to, to track police reports of, you know, of harassment, assault, stalking, things that are, are crimes that are much easier to perpetrate on pedestrians than they are on people on bike because they got speed, you know, or in cars because they're, they're sheltered by metal. Is there any way that, that we can try to address that, that item that was in the public survey um, where some folks did answer, I, I do fear for uh, safety and security. Because often, like I said, like as an able-bodied white guy, it's very, it, it's very difficult sometimes to put myself in other folks' shoes and think like, how, what am I missing here? Why do, why do other people think it's dangerous when I don't, you know? So um, I don't know if that's tracking police reports, but I don't know, I feel like I've watched enough TV and movies and always heard stuff like, subject is on foot, you know, victim is on foot. Hopefully that's written down somewhere. So there's a search term they can use in the database. So um, it sounds like we have a couple safety related stuff that we can 
pick up, which is nice. So perhaps this requires a further conversation. Well, I, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager, I think we can say we can explore those as data. I also think we can go back, based on my conversation, Jenny, I'm going to reach out to say, can you provide me some of that language? Because I think that's appropriate to add, actually, as some context to work to identify um, in that conversation around our street harassment and jaywalking conversation in the text of the plan that we'll just write that in context into the plan. Um, and then I will ask about this. Um, with, I think, the thought that if there is something, we can present it as an idea about how it relates to people's real or perceived safety um, concerns. I'm not sure what there's going to be, but I would think both of those things just could get incorporated into the text and rationale for why we're doing what we're doing. Does that sound okay? Right. And, and just, Jenny, Kramer, KDOT, just um, like on, on the reporting, uh, a justification is like how, how it's reported and the accountability of the drivers in these reports um, does impact, I, I think it impacts driver behavior and, um, you know, the dehumanizing of the pedestrian or cyclist. Causing, to, you know, drivers maybe to be more reckless or negligent around them. I'm glad that Jenny brought that up and Jessica, you already jumped to including that in the content because it's, I feel like it's easy to review a document and see what's there that maybe shouldn't be or what's there that could be better, but to see what's missing is kind of tough, honestly. So um, I think that's, that's why I'm glad that we're having these kind of deeper discussions to think like, what did we totally miss, you know? And I think that the, the media and police report ooh, language that's used is important. So yeah, if, if there's any way that can be incorporated, that would be awesome. I think it's just another, uh, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager, I think it's another way to think about what people told us um, that presents it in a different way that gives us a strategy we could approach as opposed to just saying, hey, this is a thing. Like, we know this is a reality, but saying, like, how do we start to make progress on that um, in changing the, the culture or tone? And that gives us something more actionable than maybe even what we already have there, which is nice. Okay. I feel like that gives me some pretty good guidance to draft something to put out for public comment and we can come back to it. Um, I have a feeling like they're like MMTC particularly will probably be pretty interested in looking at um, those, whatever other metrics or looking at that conversation. So um, I think, you know, based on the previous, the fact the previous pedestrian plan really didn't have, besides the documentation in the plan, there was no um, kind of call for that level of performance. We're already elevating the conversation from the last time. The Kuzmiak chair. So I think before we close this tab out, I want to make sure that um, from the folks who I haven't heard from just yet, I don't necessarily need to put you on the spot, but um, if you've been, if you've been quiet, because you're just waiting for your moment to jump in, then I wanted to offer that that chance. I know we've all been talking a mile a minute here. So uh, if anybody has any last comments or additional suggestions. Okay. Hearing none, that doesn't necessarily mean this is the end. If you think of something right after this, Jessica, sorry to throw you out of the bus here, but please reach out to Jessica because she'll be actively working on this. So. Sooner the better, I would assume. Um, 
just so we don't hold this process up any longer. So, Jessica, is, is that what you needed from us? It sounds like we're probably good on this agenda item and can move on, right? Yes, Jessica Martinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I think that adequately addresses kind of the context I just wanted to have for a conversation to be able to draft something we can um, put out. Cool, sounds good. Um, so it's time to move on to agenda item number three, which sort of has already been done. So that also leads into agenda item D, which is our next meeting. So we could just cover that all at the same time to kind of close ourselves out here. Uh, it sounds like if I heard you correctly, that you're going to be writing up a draft on the soon side, maybe next week, three weeks, then, then publishing a more final draft, distributing that out for public comment, presumably through Lawrence Listens or something like that. And then that will hopefully give us and our various commissions and other organizations an opportunity during that the 30 days to try to catch ourselves in a meeting and have this as a, a discussion. It could be something quick, like in PTEC. It could be a long drawn out discussion in MMTC, who knows? It could be an entire meeting for live well. So anyway, um, do, do I have that correct? And is yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Oftentimes the formal public comment period, by the time we get to that point in the process, we get fewer comments um, than we did in the first original solicitation for public comment. So don't be surprised if we don't get as many, but we do get more um, from organizations or groups at that point often um, that represent, um, you know, just their more formal review of that. So that's kind of what we expect from that process. It's another second check. It's like that opportunity to have the cooling period where everybody has transparency to look at it um, before we make uh, final edits to put on an agenda for consideration. So. Sounds good. So uh, Jessica, if we want to um, distribute to our organizations, is is there another version we should distribute or? Um, yeah, I mean, you're welcome to obviously share. I, I would ask if you share one, you could share one on this agenda, but know that that's not the final version yet. We still have right. some edits to make based on the comments and based on our conversation tonight. And so we will, when we um, finalize that, hopefully it'll be a little better formatted. It should have a cover design on it for you. Um, there's some work we still have to do. Um, and when we do that, we will post that draft and put out probably a survey on Lawrence Listens, maybe asking a few questions, maybe just asking um, open-ended comment opportunity uh, with a press release and all of that. So you should see that and have that opportunity. Um, I can't guarantee when <laughs> that will happen. Give okay. me not just next week, but maybe the week after also. I have also a T2040 amendment that has to go out for public comment next week. So I got to do that first. Okay. Kuzmiak chair. So it sounds like then our next steps are uh, just up in the air at this point. I think Ashley had scheduled something for January 26th as a fifth meeting, but that was to get the rest of our comments on this draft. But I feel like we kind of cleaned it up. Um, thanks all, all of you to um, reading it and really digging in, giving your comments and participating in discussion. So I would say then we probably will have a fifth meeting possibly, but just not in the near term, maybe in the month or two, right? Yeah, Jessica Mornger, Transportation Planning Manager. Once I get the 30-day public comment period scheduled, I think probably a couple weeks out from that, I can, um, once I know what that schedule is, I will look a couple weeks out from that and try to get something on your calendar so we can get something underway that will give us enough time from the end of the public comment period to document all of that and prepare it back to you in a way that you have an opportunity to um, process it um, on an agenda and before you make a final recommendation. 
Sounds good. And I, I think all of you are probably heard this from me already, but I definitely challenge you to try to bring this back to organization and at least some way to try to make sure that we all get our, I guess, our counterparts input. So um, with that, is there anything else before we adjourn? We're nearing the end too. Thanks everybody for your time. Very much appreciate it. And thank you, Jessica, for leading us on. Um, I look forward to the conclusion of this thing. So okay. thank you so, so much. much. In a month or two. Thank you. Bye.